The Amanda Wagner Podcast is the place to eavesdrop and participate in conversations about making choices around how you spend your time, who you surround yourself with, and figuring out what you want to be known for. This is a place to talk about the challenges of bravery, living thoughtfully and strategically, and finding a way to be known for something that matters. In this episode, we talk about the idea of passion and some of our frustrations around it. We share the platitudes that make us crazy. And we ask for your input on what you are tired of hearing, either because it's an empty message or it's been overused. We want to know what you would love to strike from the record. And in WWAWD, we answer Maggie's question about what to do when someone asks to pick your brain and they do it horribly. Oh, I'm excited for that question. If you were like me, you've probably scrolled through Instagram or Pinterest and found yourself rolling your eyes nonstop. I am tired of reading garbage phrases in cute little fonts, especially when somebody finds one and then everybody else posts it. Everybody just redesigns it in a slightly different way and shares it from their own feed. (laughs) Exactly, with all their different colors, and it's still, the font always sucks for some reason. It's like they have to have a cheesy level on the font. Uh, And so today we're gonna talk a little bit about that. We're gonna talk about the ones that, that don't work for us. I personally would love to have fewer platitudes swimming around, and instead let's talk about something of value, something that's meaningful and can actually contribute to my life instead of just this constant repetition. Uh, So let's get started. Let's talk about passion. In a recent episode, I mentioned that passion is great, but it doesn't do the work. And at the risk of getting enemies, I'm gonna put it out there and say that I think passion is overrated. That doesn't mean I think it's not important, I think there are some excellent benefits to being passionate about what you do. I know it can increase your dedication and investment and motivation. But what I disagree with is how much passion seems to have emerged as the only quality that matters. If you have passion, you will be successful. If you have a dream, then you can instantly do it. The idea of being passionate being the most important thing seems to neglect things like hard work and strategy and resilience and finding actual answers. I don't think passion is the answer. In 2019, I went to a conference and attended a session that was described as a great new way to connect with people in meaningful ways and move beyond the surface. This is something that I care a lot about I try to do quite often. I've tried to move away from asking the question, what do you do as my first point of entry, especially as somebody who, after being let go, I hated that question because it was uncomfortable to say like, oh, I'm in between things or I'm kind of sort of planning a business, but I don't really know. So I've made a point of moving away from the question, what do you do? And went to this session expecting more. During the conference, I had even made a point of coming up with better questions. And two of the ones that I would use when I met new people is, what are you most looking forward to today? Or what session was most impactful? It gave me an opportunity to learn about my alignment with these people, if we would get along, and just to see, is there anything I'm missing or I should go to? This speaker dropped this bomb. She says that 
the best way to start meaningful conversations with people is to forget the hi, how are you? Forget the what do you do? And instead ask the question, what sets your soul on fire? LP, I dare you (laughs) to ask somebody that you don't know this question. No, thank you. No, thank you, please. I can't even answer. I know you very well. And I'm like, what sets my soul on fire? I don't know. Uh, That's quite a demanding question. That requires a lot of thought, not just something you ask, you know, as you grab a snack between sessions. Right. Imagine (laughs) being at a quote unquote networking event or doing traditional capital N networking and opening the conversation with what sets your soul on fire? I feel ill. (laughs) I would just want to say uh, this conversation makes me want to set myself on fire. That is my new (laughs) response to that question. And in this session, the speaker encouraged us to look at the person next to us and ask this question. I was like, uh, what sets my soul on fire? Speaking on stage, consistent customer experiences. I don't know. It not only is it hard to answer, but then what's the follow-up question from the next person? To me, it's just, you're still going to get to the same place of cool story, bro. I'm glad that yeah, cool. that's still on fire. So this I'm is- I'm picturing what, you. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? And this conference already, I didn't fit in. It was very, very beautiful women in beautiful outfits and dresses with lots of color. And compared to these people, I look like Morticia Adams. And while it was a very pretty conference, it was all sizzle, no steak. This is where I met Coach Jenny. And she calls this conference Platitude Palooza. Because all it is, is 99.6% women shouting platitudes back and forth at each other. And it's a big rah-rah, you go girl. But was there anything actionable from it? I don't know. I remember sitting there thinking, why is she on stage and I'm not? And looking around at other people in the audience going, you know, this is bullshit, right? And trying to connect with somebody else who was feeling the same way going like, was this worth my time? So this is really where my feistiness, I guess, against this idea of passion started to come out because I have to believe that there are other people out there who are going, I don't just want to be at this bullshit conference or event that doesn't actually contribute any value to my life or to what I'm trying to build. So Liz, how important is passion for you as an ingredient for success? It's important. It's not the most important. It's not the end all be all. I, I think of passion as it's that push or that drive to do something. It's the energy. If you want to, I'm not saying sets my soul on fire, but the the passion is like the fire in your belly sort of feeling. But I think it's important to note that passion is emotion. It's not the strategy. It's not the work. It's the feeling. And I think that that's an important thing to keep in mind as you see all of these girly font graphics on Instagram talking about passion. That's only one very minor part of accomplishing what it is that you're after. 
Yeah. I, what I find so hard about the passion conversation is that there are so many people right now who are getting the attention and the space of like, just follow your passion, follow your bliss, follow it where and how, what am I actually going to achieve by this? And let's be honest, if I'm waiting for passion to be excited about answering my emails, I'm never going to send another email. Passion is great. It doesn't do the work. So does the passion and interest in the big picture help me do some of those hard tasks? Maybe, but I think there's a lot more to be said for where motivation comes from or where drive and investment comes from. I think it's a lot more than passion. Passion is just one area that I'm really curious about, as well as some of the other platitudes that are empty and that fluffpreneurs all over the place are talking about and posting this, their stories. They're fluffy, they're meaningless, they're all sizzle and no steak. And they're very cringeworthy. So I'm gonna share five of the most cringeworthy platitudes that make me crazy. Liz, I know you've compiled some of your own to share. Feel free to jump in here. The five that I'm naming are mine. So absolutely disagree. All I'm trying to say are these are things that aren't super meaningful for me. So number one is trust your gut. I have said before that I have bad guts. I think that trusting your gut is something that takes practice. It takes paying attention to. And I find that it's just become a really meaningless piece of advice when you're in a position of indecision or you don't know what to do and someone says, trust your gut. To me, you may as well say like, eat a pizza because it doesn't <laughs> actually help me. Well, I am always on team eat a pizza. Like that's, that's great advice to give. Uh, I don't cringe at trust your gut. That's something I've always I always listen to my gut. I have good guts. See, there you go. You have good guts. I do have good guts. So that uh, I respectfully disagree on this one. I just, I, I really like this one. Uh, how do you feel about the just be positive? I think it sounds really nice. I think it's a really good idea, but I really don't think that putting blinders on fixes everything. I, I'm going to go into Coach Jenny's language here, which is, your mindset isn't broken. We don't have to fix everything. And just simply ignoring negativity or challenge to me isn't the answer. Where do you lie on this one? You are a very positive person. So I'm curious here. I am a very positive person, but there's something about the phrase just be positive that I think is overly simple. I'm, I'm definitely, I, I like to look for the good. Uh, and I, I tend to bring that to the table often, but just be positive. I think just it's, it's too easy of an out. If someone's having a hard day to just say, just be positive. That's, it's not that simple. Uh, this one I've talked about several times before caveat here. I don't think that entrepreneurship or being employed by somebody else, I don't think one is better than the other. I think that they are different choices and that's totally cool. What sentence infuriates me is that entrepreneurs are the type of people who would rather work 80 hours a week for themselves than 40 hours a week for someone else. You, no one can see you, but I will <laughs> vouch and say her eyes just rolled so hard. <laughs> we are on Zoom right now and they are, I could have seen them 
not on Zoom. I could have seen them from my house. <laughs> if my parents were here, they probably would say that they will get stuck that way if I keep doing it. <laughs> I hate this so much because there's so much shoulding in here that entrepreneurs or people who work for themselves are somehow supposed to be working 80 hours a week. And the opposite, which is that people who are employed are somehow less than or that working 48, 40 hours a week isn't good enough in some way. And whenever I hear this, my immediate thought is, have you heard of benefits? So we live in Canada. Uh, when you have a full-time job, health benefits are typically part of the deal. And so when people say like, oh, I'd rather work 80 hours a week, I'm like, hell no. Even as somebody who's self-employed, I am useless after four o'clock. I'm not doing my best work at 80 hours. I get really concerned about people who are so braggy and outspoken about how many hours they work. And to me, if you're still working so many hours, I'm like, how efficiently are you using your time? It tells me you're not actually really good at managing your own schedule and paying attention to what needs to be done. The fourth one I have, oh, Liz, any thoughts on that? I was just going to say, I agree with you big time on this one. It's just, it's, it makes me feel yucky whenever I see this one being shared or people harping about how an entrepreneur has to be this kind of person to work a doubly long week. I just think it's garbage. Number four, be grateful for what you have. I'm over the gratitude journal trend. Not because I think it's a bad practice. I think there is a lot to be said for being grateful and acknowledging what you have. Where I struggle with it is that you can be grateful and still want more. So this idea that like someone who has less than you is happy and how that should suddenly make you feel happy or better about where you are, it's such an empty thing that I think really kind of sucks away from the human experience of having ups and downs. Are you a gratitude journal keeper, Liz? I've never kept a gratitude journal, but for many years, my partner and I talk about the five best parts of our day at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, so that's something that's really important to me just to be able to have that perspective each day about the good. So yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with being grateful for what you have. I disagree with how it is put on social media sometimes, just kind of the phrasing around it. Mm -hmm. I, I am a grateful person. I am so grateful for what I have, but sometimes I just, I don't love in some of the ways that it's expressed. Yes. I love that you and Mike do your five favorite things about the day. Robin and I, we call it five things. Robin and I will say like, let's do five things. And it's like, five things that I, I love about today, or usually it's like, tell me five things you love about me. And 90% of the time they're silly, right? It's like, oh, I love that you made the coffee this morning, or I love that you put that note in my notebook. Um, but it doesn't stop there. And it's also not a like, great, there's my five things. Now I can treat you like garbage for the day. <laughs> <laughs> and to me, this idea of like, just be grateful is such a, like, I'm going to wash my hands of everything else. Just be grateful, yeah. then I'm done. And that's yeah, I think, such a yeah. tiny part. That, and that's, I think, what bothers me is, is, yeah, 
is how it's put out there. It's cool to be grateful. And I think being grateful is good, but how that's expressed sometimes gets lost for me. Yeah. It's just so like pithy and meaningless. Mm -hmm. The last one that I pulled out is a little bit different. uh, And it's the phrase, stay in your own lane. And the reason that I struggle with this one is because it sounds like such a good idea, but it doesn't stick with me. I've had to do some work to figure out what's my version of stay in your own lane. For some people, it's keep your eyes on your own paper. For me, this phrase usually comes up when you're feeling comparison or when you're looking at what somebody else is doing, you're experiencing any sort of envy. And so for me, stay in your own lane doesn't totally help. Sounds really nice, but it doesn't do anything for me. So I've had to find my own phrase, which is when I'm feeling insecure, when I'm feeling envy, when I look at what somebody else is doing and start to feel less than or compare myself, my language has become step up to the mic. So when I feel those like crunchy feelings and something isn't working, I go, okay, this tells me I need to say what I stand for. I need to step up to the mic. How does that one land on you? I really like your rephrasing of step up to the mic. That's really nice. Uh, It makes sense for me as a speaker. Absolutely. It does. Yeah. I... I don't really have a lot of feelings about staying in your own lane. I think it would, it depends on the kind of day I'm having mm-hmm. uh, as to whether or not I want to throw my phone out the window or I want to save that post. <laughs> um, but I will keep in mind that you are less of a fan of it because I think I've said it to you <laughs> before. So that's good for me to remember. Yeah, I just had to, to do the rephrase. Um, when we yeah. think about the platitudes, like what matters most is that if it's working for you, keep it. For sure. If it's not, ditch it. Like stop listening to it. Stop paying attention to it. Those insufferable fonts. I don't care what they say. I'm just not into it. And I really, I'm not a wall words person. I don't think that anybody else needs live, laugh, love up in their living room. Uh, it just doesn't doesn't stick for me. So Liz, do you have any that you want to share? Yeah, I took a quick scroll through Instagram and Pinterest to see if there are any of these phrases that just make me want to go to. One for me is if you can dream it, you can do it. Ugh. <laughs> you, it's, you can't see the hand action I'm doing right now, but you can imagine what it is. <laughs> it's inappropriate. Um, <laughs> it's just this, if you can dream it, you can do it means nothing to me. I think this kind of goes back to the, the passion conversation a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Accomplishing something takes so much more than a dream. I, I, I dream, you, you mean, you can say anything. I dream, I dream of being of, a Disney princess. I was going to say, I dream of being an Olympic athlete. That's never going to happen. You're ne- I'm sorry, you'll never be a Disney princess. So I just find that to be a really silly, meaningless thing. Yeah, I feel the same. I, I think it completely neglects such an important part, which is, yes, if you can dream it, great. If you really want it, figure out how to do it. Uh, Another one that I found is everything you say yes to means saying no to something else. And I don't think that's true for a second. Not in my case anyway. Tell me more. I've taken on lots of different things and haven't had to say goodbye. Like I don't, 
I don't know. I don't know how to explain how I feel about it, but I just think it's wrong. It's incorrect. Interesting. I really like that one. For me, it works. I'm a, I'm, I'm not an essentialist yet. I am working on it. Perhaps the adjustment on that one, again, taking out some of the like pithiness of it. I have a post-it on my desk that says, is what I'm saying yes to moving the needle on my personal and professional goals? So maybe it's not saying no to something else, but it's like, does this have to be be a yes? Or maybe it just sucks for you, which is just fine. (laughs) Uh, And then I just have one more uh, that I spotted with a pink graphic with a white girly font that said, if you get tired, learn to rest, not quit. This is one that you see all the time as well. And I think in some cases, learning to rest isn't like, that's good. That's a good lesson to learn. Take care of yourself, slow down. But in some cases, if it's something that continues to burn out, maybe you do need to quit it. Uh, And maybe it's not serving you. And maybe you need to let that thing go. So that one for me today, I saw that one and and that was one that I wanted to list that if you get tired, learn to rest, not quit. Just it's not working for me on this day. At some point, if you're just spinning your wheels over and over and you're not making progress, then yeah, maybe you quit. So those are the ones that I stumbled across. There are, I'm sure, many others out there and my thoughts on them change from day to day, but those were, those are the ones that landed or I guess in this case, didn't land with me today. (laughs) This was the best research we've ever had to do for this podcast. When we knew we were going to talk about it, we both pulled up our phones and we're like, all right, let's do some scrolling because we know these eye rolly things come out. So we would love to hear from you. If you could strike one phrase or platitude from the record, what would it be? So what is the the graphic on Instagram that you never want to see again, or the words on somebody's wall that you never want? Now, or bumper sticker. <laughs> or bumper sticker. Oh my goodness. Oh, we haven't talked about that category, but we will save that for another time. Uh, so now we'll move on to WWAWD or what would Amanda Wagner do? And today's question comes from Maggie, who asks, I feel like I'm good at asking for people's time, but what if you're on the other side and people ask you for your time or to pick your brain and they do it horribly. Mm. I don't have time or capacity to meet with many of these people or provide guidance or advice that they're looking for. And they're horrible at asking. I'd love some tips on how to respond to these people. What would Amanda Wagner do? Uh, Great question. This happens often. Uh, Liz actually has responded to some of these, which I will, I'll ask you to pull up one of the responses that, that you have given to somebody who has to be a guest on the podcast. Uh, for me, I think there are two or three things that I would do. Number one, send it back. There is a really easy way to create a canned response that simply says, thanks for reaching out. Can you be specific about what you'd like to talk about or how we can make the best use of our time together? I have found that this has drastically reduced the number of requests I get because when people realize that they have to do the work, a lot of people quit and they're like, no, I'm not interested, which is great. It kind of trims the fat. The second thing, if you liked the canned response method, I would get really clear on, okay, I would, I would be happy to meet with you, but I need to know a, what you want and B, give people examples. You can ask me X, Y, and Z. Or if you want to know A, B, and C, 
this is a good time to like, let's set up 30 minutes and have a call, have a coffee, whatever that looks like. If you want to know about these other things, you can book time with me and here is my rate. So I have an hourly rate for things that if you want to just quote unquote, pick my brain, that's a really fluid, open-ended question. I need you to get super specific and I need to be clear of if this is free time or paid time. And I think what's the most important here, Maggie, is setting your own boundaries. Nobody will value your time more than you do. And so for me, I make time for one coffee date a week and that's it. That's what I would consider the, the pick your brain call, a coffee date. And so that means if people want to meet with me, A, you have to be specific and B, you might have to wait a few weeks. I'm really open about how many of these I book and I don't book them on Mondays and Fridays because that's my time. So I choose the times where I'm open to it and I make sure that it's not in the middle of the day when I do my best work. My best work is done between about 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. I am not giving away that time. But can I have a coffee once a week at 4 p.m.? Yeah, that I can do if the person is specific. So I know it's a little bit more work on you to have to do the response when somebody's really terrible at asking. But if you can create a canned response and in there say, I accept one a week, two a week, one a month, whatever those boundaries are for you, lay them out first. And if the person wants that meeting, they'll follow those rules. Uh, Liz, I mentioned that you do a really good job of responding to these requests because often we get them for the podcast. People want to be guests on the podcast. And right now I've decided that this isn't an interview show. We aren't having guests. We're still in a new space where we're really getting our opinions out. This is a place for me to, to find my people, to get my enemies and to get really clear on what I'm saying. And I'm not in interested in introducing anyone else into the fold. So Liz, how do you respond? So I follow the first bit of feedback that you gave to Maggie with sending it back and asking for specifics. So I just pulled up um, an Instagram DM, someone asking if we're looking for people to speak on topics for the podcast. And I said, we're not doing interviews on the podcast just yet, but that's something we would consider for the future. Is there a particular topic you're passionate about? Um, because this person just, you know, came to us and asked, could I be on it? And I said, well, like, what do you bring to the table? What it, what's in it for us and what's in it for our listeners, right? If you're, if you're coming to us. Um, so I think it's always good to get a little bit more of that information. And if you, and we've talked about this before, if you are the person asking to be on the podcast, don't ask, don't get to get on that podcast, but come to it with information about what you bring to the table and what's in it for both parties. Certainly, especially when it comes to asking to be on the podcast, doing a collaboration, a guest blog, or speak at an event. It's so important that you've also done your research, right? That person asking, if somebody comes to us and says, I want to be on the podcast, I want to know what your favorite episode is. I want to know what you like about our format. I want to know how you can contribute to our audience because I also don't want to piss off the following that we've grown by haphazardly inviting a guest on that doesn't align with what we're saying or doing here. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. And, and, you know, when we do have the odd um, message that comes through and it's someone that we haven't necessarily communicated with in the past, they appear to be a newer member of the community and they start asking about collaborating or being on the podcast. It becomes very clear very quickly that they've never listened to an episode. Um, So if you want to be involved and work with people or pick their brain or whatever it is. Yeah. You have to do the research and you have to be able to bring information forward and make it worthwhile for that other person. Full permission here, Maggie, as well. You can also say, no, thank you. If this is continuing to be a time suck, say, no, thank you. I'm not accepting these right now. That is completely reasonable. And it means that the requests that you honor are the ones from people who have put in the work and who have put in the time to be really thoughtful about how they would use your time. Thank you so much for your question. I hope this is helpful information. And I would love for you to follow up and tell us about the boundaries that you are setting so that we can share them with other people. Thank you so much for your question, Maggie. And thank you to all of you who continue to send these in. We love receiving them and we would love to get some more. Uh, You can send them to us on Instagram via DM at the Amanda Wagner is the handle. You can also post it as a comment on posts if that's something uh, you'd like to do. You can also visit theamandawagner.com, find the contact info there, and then send, um, send your questions via email. Liz, we spent a lot of time today talking about the things that frustrate us and the phrases that we don't like. So is there one thing either in your office, in your space, or on your Instagram that you do love to see? Is there a phrase or a sentence that you find particularly inspiring, exciting, or keeps you going? Well, if I look around my office, I do have a don't ask, don't get print. I don't know if that's what you were going for. But... I, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> but I, I should have specified I'm not looking just for compliments, but I, I'll take it. <laughs> I, uh, I do have don't ask, don't get up in my office. Um, I don't have a specific quote right now that sticks in my mind, but I did jot down uh, a few moments ago that, yeah, we were talking about so many quotes that we don't like. There are some people on Instagram that are, are sharing really great things and I'm a freelancer, but I don't think this is, this necessarily just needs to be for freelancers. The Instagram handle at freelancing females oh. is a really great account and the like the content works for me because I'm a freelancer but I think a lot of it would work for anybody and it's just really positive there's some sarcasm in there and I think that's some really great light inspiration so I wanted to mention that that that's a that's a good source of inspiration for me um what about you do you have a phrase that I is do I have a I have don't ask don't get up but I also have a a poster that I printed out that I think you're going to be delighted by. It is from my favorite movie. And I know this is a league of their own, a league of their own, (laughs) um, Jimmy Dugan. So Tom Hanks is talking to Gina Davis or Dottie. And he says, it's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. What I'm trying to do and what I'm doing is really hard. And I wouldn't have it any other way. The hard is what makes it great. I'm not, lo- I'm not shopping for shortcuts. I'm not looking for quick wins. That's something that really keeps me going. And it's a hell of a lot more impactful than writing down what sets my soul on fire. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. 
So we invite you again, please share with us if you could strike one phrase or platitude from the record and never had to see it again, what would it be? Regardless of if we agree or disagree or if you agree or disagree with us, we wanna hear it. This is a place where we value things of value and things that matter, ideas that matter way more than vanity. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Because we live by Don't Ask, Don't Get and have that poster up in both of our offices, we are asking you to follow along with us on social media at The Amanda Wagner, sign up for the monthly newsletter at theamandawagner.com and share this episode with a friend. If you love the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. We will be back in two weeks with a new episode. Until then, we will see you on the internet.